It says, Then the Lord spoke to Moses, saying, This shall be the law of the leper for the day of his cleansing. He shall be brought to the priest, and the priest shall go out of the camp. Take a special notice the position here of the priest to take note of where the priest had to go to get the leper. The leper was outside of the camp and he was bringing him in. Verse 3, And the priest shall examine him, and indeed, if the leprosy is healed in the leper, then the priest shall command to take for him who is to be cleansed two living and uh, living and clean birds, cedarwood, scarlet, and hyssop, and the priest shall command that one of the birds be killed in an earthen vessel over running water. As for the living bird, he shall take it, the cedarwood and the scarlet and the hyssop, and dip them and the living bird in the blood of the bird that was killed over the running water. And he shall sprinkle it seven times on him who is to be cleansed from the leprosy and shall pronounce him clean and shall let the living bird loose in the open field. He who is to be cleansed shall wash his clothes, shave off all his hair and wash himself in water that he may be clean. After that, he shall come into the camp. Say, into the camp. Now you would think that he has, that we've been dealing with enough blood outside of the camp, but now here we are. He's inside of the camp, and guess what? There was more blood. On the 10th day, uh, excuse me, verse 10, and on the 8th day, he shall take two male lambs without blemish, one lamb of the first year without blemish, three-tenths of an ephah of fine flour mixed with oil as grain offering and one log of oil. Then the priest who makes him clean shall present the man who's to be made clean and those things before the Lord at the door of the tabernacle. So he was outside of the camp. He got in the camp. Now he's getting into the holy place. And the priest shall take one male lamb and offer it as a trespass offering as, and the log of oil and wave them as a wave offering before the Lord. Verse 13, then he shall kill the lamb in the place where he kills the sin offering and the burnt offering in a holy place for as sin offering is the priest, so is the trespass offering. The priest shall take some of the blood of the trespass offering and the priest shall put it on the tip of the right ear of him who's to be cleansed and the right hand and the right big toe of his right foot and the priest shall take some of the log of oil and pour it into the palm of his left hand and the priest shall dip his right finger in the oil that is on the left hand and shall sprinkle some of the oil with his finger seven times before the Lord and verse 17 and of the rest of the oil in his hand the priest shall put some on the tip of his right ear to be cleansed and the right thumb of his right hand and on the big toe of his right foot on top of the blood. Somebody say top of the blood of the trespass offering. The rest of the oil that is in the priest's hand, he shall put on the head of him to be cleansed. So the priest shall make atonement for him before the Lord. Listen, as unpopular as it may be to preach about the blood, the Lord has never changed his mind about the duty and the power of the blood. Amen. He has never changed his mind about the blood covenant from the very beginning as we talked about last week until the end of time. The blood will have a place in the body of Christ. 
The only thing that has changed throughout Scripture about the blood is the supplier of the blood. It was once supplied by lambs and doves and other animals, but today, how many of you know that we can rejoice because it was supplied once and all by the Son of God at Calvary? And although he endured a brutal death, today we are rejoicing because he is seated at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for you and I because death could not stop him and the grave could not hold him. And this morning I want to continue with part two of thank God for the blood. Let us pray. Lord, I thank you this morning for the blood that was shed for us. Lord, I thank you this morning for this day. Lord, I pray that right now, Lord, that our hearts would come in tune with your heart. Lord, I pray that our ears would be in tune with your voice this morning. Lord, I pray that as this word goes forth, that it falls on hearts and souls of men and women, students that are ready to receive it today. God, and I pray that it becomes like fire in our bones this morning. Lord, let your Pentecostal spirit be in this place today. Let your presence be in the house. We love you today. We give you honor today. It's in your name and the church said amen. Amen and amen. Leviticus 14 gives us reflections of what is to come. So not only was the blood being shed in Leviticus for that day, but it was a reflection of what was coming in the New Testament. It was a reflection of Jesus coming to earth for the redemption plan. And I want to begin by doing just a quick recap of where we were last week. I believe we got through number five, and I want to continue with it and recap with it because some of you were not here, and I hope you'll go back and listen to it. We've heard, we've had uh, testimonies of what God did last week through the word on the blood, and I want you to be sure you hear that. But I'm going to recap because I know a lot of us were here, and I know that we have slept and may have forgotten some of it. But in Leviticus 14, we see these reflections of the power of the blood and the importance of applying the blood of the lamb. The first thing that we pointed out last week is the number seven. It means divine completeness. It is the number of Eden. It is the perfect place. Uh, it is mentioned several times uh, out throughout this very chapter. It was in Eden that Adam and Eve lost their purity. If you recall, they not only lost their purity, but when they sinned, they lost their purity and it changed the atmosphere of Eden. And with the number seven being used throughout this chapter, it reminds us of God's desire to use the blood to bring us back into, uh, into his original intent for us to live in a place like Eden where we are in continuous relationship and talking with him. Number two was leprosy. Leprosy equals sin. It represents us being in the flesh. In Leviticus 13, we read as God was giving instructions to the priest on how to identify leprosy. He wanted to be sure that just because someone had a sore, they were not treated differently. So the God gives the priest instructions on how to identify this leprosy. He said, look at it, and if it's deep under the skin, if it's under that skin, it is leprosy. God told them to look, and just like leprosy, sin is a disease that begins underneath the surface. Amen? 
Because so often we will wrestle with something before we see it manifested in our life. Jesus said in Matthew, for out of the heart, under, under all the skin, proceeds evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, fornications, thefts, false witness, blasphemies. It's, it's, it's under the skin. And number three, we not only talked about leprosy, but we talked about the leper. Who is the leper? We are the leper in the story. We are all like a leper. Isaiah 64, 6 says, For we have all become like one who is ceremonially unclean, like a leper, and all our deeds or or." Our, our righteousness are like, are like filthy rags. So knowing that we must die to our sin daily. No matter what your sin is, no matter what your temptation is, no matter what you are facing, no matter what comes against you, you must know that sin will separate you from the Lord. It doesn't separate God from you. It separates you from God. I'm going to say that again. Your sin does not separate God from you, but it separates you from God. It doesn't matter, all, uh, but all sin will separate you. It doesn't matter what you are guilty of. Adultery will separate you from God. Pride will separate you from God. Lying will separate you from God. Homosexuality will separate you from God. Gossip will separate you from God. And we could go on all day and all of the sins until finally we get to something that you've wrestled with. Amen. But we've got to remember that all sin will separate us from God. Then we got to number four. Number four was burden number one. Verse five says that the priest shall command them to kill one of the birds and sprinkle it on the leper. Why did there need to be blood? Because in Hebrews 9, 22, it says that without the shedding of blood, there's no remission. There's no forgiveness of our sins. So bird number one deals with our unclean past. Is there anybody in the room this morning you are thankful that the blood of Calvary dealt with your past? Can anybody just give thanks this morning for that blood? The blood that cleansed you. The blood that brought you out of your past. The blood that lifted you up out of the miry clay. And then we have number five, which was burden number two. And Adam and Eve not only lost purity in that moment, but they also lost the atmosphere of Eden. The blood was all about bringing us back into the Eden atmosphere, bringing us back to the Lord. God told them to take that second bird. He said, and dip it into the blood of the first bird. He said, and don't just let that bird sit there. He said, don't put it in a cage, but instead release that bird that is dripping in the blood, loose it over an open field. God knew exactly what he was doing. These instructions may seem weird to a lot of people, but to God, they were very precise. And it was, it was not only for them, but it was reflecting to us what God wants to do do because if you recall Satan is referred to as the prince of the power of the what the air and everywhere that 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 blood covered bird would fly blood was dripping and marking the spot across the land isn't it amazing how a bird that was covered in the blood could fly through the air and began to change the atmosphere isn't it amazing how how a blood-bought person can move through an atmosphere and take it back for the kingdom of God. And I want to declare over you and this, this church this morning that legacy was not saved to be in a cage. Legacy was not saved to put her on a 
the pedestal. Legacy was not saved to sit, but legacy was saved to fly and take back the atmosphere for the kingdom of God and to destroy the darkness. Can I get an amen this morning? And now that we're all caught up, I want us to go to number six. Number six is the eighth day. When you were reading, we picked up on the eighth day today. Get this, the eighth day represents new beginnings. It represents new places. It represents breakthrough. Getting to a level that you've never been before. On the eighth day, the Jews would circumcise their young men because although they were newborn, it it established a new beginning for the babies. I want you to write Write down Hebrews chapter 10, verse 19. Hebrews 10, starting in verse 19, it said, Therefore, brethren, having boldness, get this, to enter into the holiest place by the blood of Jesus. Did you catch that? He said, I am entering into the holy place. How? By the blood of Jesus. Reminder, eight is new places and new levels. So I get an entrance into holy places. I get an entrance into new seasons with the Lord because I have come in contact with the blood. Verse 20, by a new and living way which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. I want you to understand this and I want you to get this today. Because people with leprosy were prohibited prohibited from being around clean people. They were even prohibited from coming into the tabernacle, a place where they could be cleansed. They could not fellowship with the people of God. They could not access favor. They could not get into a place where the supernatural could take place. And the only way for them to get into the supernatural, the only way for them to gain favor and get access into the family of God back to the camp. They had to come through the blood. I want you to take note of the position of the leper. It begins by saying outside of the camp. This was before any blood had been applied. And then once they've come in contact with the blood, they can then come back into fellowship. They then come back into the camp. They are then part of the kingdom. They are then part of the family. But then then they find out once they've become part of the family, more blood was actually required to move them from not just outside, not just inside of the camp, but there was more blood that had to be applied to move them into a place where they could see the supernatural. So once the leper was brought through the first blood, the leper was brought from being disowned outside of the camp. Now he's part back into the family by the blood, but it did not stop there because the priest realized that if he was going to go deeper. The priest realized that that if this man wanted to go not just inside of the camp, but wanted to go into the holy of holies, that there must be something else, that there must be more blood applied. See, the church has got to make up her mind that we are not satisfied just coming into the camp. I said the church has got to get to a place where we are not satisfied with just being saved. We are not satisfied with just coming to church. That, 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 uh, 
that we're not satisfied with just coming and sitting and, 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 and keeping a seat warm. But I don't know about you. I want everything that God has for me in this season. I don't know about you, but I don't want to be outside of the tent. I don't want to be just in the camp, but I want to be in the place where the supernatural is happening this morning. I want God to use me because I didn't get saved just to come to church and sit, but we got saved this morning to expand the kingdom of God and to destroy the darkness of this world. Can I get an amen this morning? And then he said, now that you're inside, you've got to go get three lambs after you've been cleansed after you've been welcomed back into the camp, after you've been shaking hands and meeting everybody, now you still have to go and get three more lambs. I don't know about you, but I bet this man is starting to think this is getting a little much. This is starting to sound a little crazy. This is starting to be a little gross because how much blood can I endure? How many times do I need to come in contact with the blood? I mean, I'm already in the family. How much blood does there need to be to get me right and keep me right? Because how many of you know it's one thing to get right, but it's a whole nother book on how to stay right. It's one thing to get right, but it's another thing to mature to living right. It required more blood. The blood of the bird dealt with where you were at, but the blood of this lamb signifies fellowship with the blood because whenever you get saved, how many of you know you don't stop needing the blood? Just because you've been saved once, it doesn't mean that that's it and you'll no longer need the blood. But how many of you know Every day you need the blood of the lamb. You don't stop talking about the blood, but there must be continual fellowship with the blood of the lamb. I mean, just look how the blood works for us. The blood works on two levels, right? First John 1, 9 down. First John 1, 9. We see the two levels that the blood works on. It says, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just one to forgive us of our sins, and number two, cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The two levels and functions of the blood is that it covers and it corrects. It covers and it corrects. Get that in your notes. It covers. That means that the blood shed on the cross covers our past sins. It is our salvation. Anybody thankful that you've been covered? It also says that it corrects. That means that the blood of Jesus empowers us to bear our own cross for an eternal cleansing. This is what we call sanctification. And part two is where there's a disconnect in the church because everybody likes part one. Everybody wants to be saved. Everybody likes knowing I'm going to heaven. But the problem is even inside of the church, there's a lot of people that have been saved, but they think they can keep living like they've always lived. But part 
part two says that the blood came to correct you. It not only came to save you, but it came to change your life. It came to sanctify you. Sanctification requires the C word that nobody likes. It requires change. It requires circumcision. It requires new beginnings. That means that this time next year, I should be more spiritually mature than I am right now. You want to know if somebody's been in the blood, just write down where they are right now and look at where they are in a year because if you are in the blood, you will mature all of your life. That means that my bad attitude from 2012 should not be interrupting my flow in 2023. That means that means that that means that my that my bad temper, anybody got a temper? Some of y'all lying. That means that my bad temper that flares up in, in, in 2018 should not be flaring up right now because I am walking and every day I am applying the blood to my life. See, daily fellowship with the blood of the lamb, it will develop you. It will keep you. It will grow you. It will prepare you. It will mature you because you come into the camp. You come from the outside into the inside. Often we come into the the camp ignored but after a while you've been walking in the blood you learn how to walk with God you learn how to keep going even if you don't have a preacher you learn how to worship even if you don't have a worship leader come on somebody when you've been in the blood you learn how to pray without a designated time once a month because when I first got saved I needed a preacher to give me a word but through continual fellowship with the blood I've come to the place where I now know how to make it without somebody preaching me a word every day because I don't want to just read my word on a Sunday but I read the word Monday through Saturday and that word begins to speak life into me all week and now the preacher that I wanted to give me a word now on Sunday that preacher just comes in here and confirms the word that God has been speaking to me all week long. The blood covers your past, it corrects your present, and builds up your future. Eight represents new levels, new beginnings, new creation through the blood. And now we're at number seven, the placement of the blood. The placement of the blood is the applying of the blood. I want you to get this. This man that was once forbid to come into the camp is now not only in the camp, but now he's inside the tabernacle, the place of supernatural. Every new level you want to get in will require more blood. You will never get to a new level without applying the blood again to your life. Here he is. Once forbid, now he's not only in the camp. More blood got him into the tabernacle, got him into the place of the holy of holies, got him into a place of supernatural. And here he is. The priest is taking what? More blood and applying it to three areas of his life. I want you to take note of these three places that he's applying it because these are the three places you need to apply it to yourself and to your family. First, he said to put the blood on the ear. Psalm 55 verse 2 says, I am restless in my complaint and I moan because of the noise of the enemy. I am troubled 
Because I've been listening to the voice of the enemy. And you need to understand this because both heaven and hell have a sound. And sound is a seed into our lives. Everything that goes into your ear is a seed that is masked as a sound. The devil wants you to think that's your favorite song. But it's really a seed. It's really a seed. In other words, you can't listen to everything. There's some people you don't need to listen to. Can I get an amen? My kids don't like me because I like all kinds of music. I love music. I hear a beat dropping and I start bumping. <laughs> it's just in my blood, y'all. I can't help it. I, was, I listen to all kinds of music. I like country music. My kids don't like it because I've been listening to the Judds. <laughs> Mama, he's crazy. They don't like it. But there's some things... You've got to understand that it's not just music, but it's seeds. Because whatever you listen to, you start acting like. If you're listening to bump and grind music, you'll be wanting to bump and grind with somebody you shouldn't be bumping and grinding with. Why? Because it is a seed. It's not, just a, it's, it's not just a sound. It's not just a song. It is a seed into your soul. And we cannot allow a generation to hear the garbage that they are being fed in the media and social media. We have to protect the sounds, the seeds that are getting into their ear. Your kid will not understand all of the rules that you make to protect them. Just go ahead. They will not understand that that phone is not their phone. It's actually your phone. Sorry, students. They will not understand that their room is not their room. It's actually your room. They will not understand that you got the right to go any, through anything that they have at any moment. Why? Because you are protecting them. They will not understand it now, but it's our job to protect the seed that's disguised as a sound from getting into their ears because every sound that I let in is a seed into my spirit. That's why we have to let our kids know what is right and what is sin. Get this. Isaiah 54, 17 says, No weapon that is formed against thee shall prosper. And often we stop right there. It is said, and every tongue and every noise that shall rise up against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. Any noise that comes at me or my family that's not of the word, condemn it. So you shall not take root in my house. Get this. It said because this is the inheritance 
of the servants that have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Because I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ, I can curse anything that comes against my family. I can curse any weapon that is formed against me and say you shall not prosper. I can curse any gossip. I can curse any lie. I can curse any noise. Why? Because it is my inheritance because I have been bought by the blood of Jesus Christ. Every noise that has come against our children, every sound that comes against our family, everything that has come to disrupt, to bring confusion, to create disunity, I come against it this morning and declare it will not work, it will not prosper because this is my heritage for being bought in the blood of the Lamb. I wish I had about 50 people that were ticked off at Satan and say, you shall not prosper prosper against my house or against my generation. This is my inheritance. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. He said, apply the blood to your ear because there's seeds coming in. He said, apply the blood to the hand. You got to understand that the hand is the work that we do for the kingdom. I don't know about you, but everything I touch, I want it to prosper for the kingdom. You leave your handprint everywhere you go. You can leave your handprints on people that I can't. You can leave your handprints on places that I'll never go. Everywhere you go, you are leaving your handprint on your job, at the hospital, at the school. Everywhere you go, Psalms 90 verse 17 says, Let the favor of the Lord our God be upon us and establish the work of our hands. Today, we cover our hands in the blood, every person in this room, and declare that everything that we touch shall prosper and advance the kingdom of God, and we shall never be used for the kingdom of darkness. Apply the blood to the ear, to your hand. He said, lastly, apply the blood to the foot. The feet represent our walk and fellowship with the Lord. First John, verse 1, 6 says, If we say we have fellowship with him while we walk in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. This, the church needs to read that verse again. If we say we have fellowship with him, while we are walking in darkness, we lie and do not practice the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus cleanses us from all unrighteousness. Come on this morning. I want to plead the blood over our feet today. Come on, just somebody just hold your feet up. Lord, I, I, I plead the blood over our feet this morning and declare we will walk in righteousness. Lord, I declare everywhere we put our feet is going to be ours. We are taking over territory. Lead us in power 
paths of righteousness for your name's sake. We will not take the broad gate, God, but we are walking through the path that you choose. We will not take the path of the wicked, God, but you are leading your people in paths of righteousness. Man, help me out. I want you to get this because blood, blood, blood. Are you seeing the necessity of blood in your life? It don't just get you in the camp. It gets you to the place of miracles. It gets you to new levels. It gets you to the eight new beginnings. It gets you to breakthrough. And here he is. It's not the end of the story. Here he is. You got to apply to your ear, your hands, your feet. And now here he is. We watched as he come outside of the camp into the camp, which represents the kingdom. Then more blood got on him to bring him to supernatural. And now the priest is getting oil and putting it on his ear, putting it on his hand, putting it on his foot. Where? The Bible says on top of the blood. I don't know if you got that or not. The oil was put on top of the blood. It was not just put on flesh, but it was put on flesh covered by the blood. The oil was put on top of the blood because the oil is a symbol of the anointing. The oil is a symbol of the Holy Ghost. It's the, the oil is, is a symbol of empowerment to advance forward. And you need to take note that the oil is only attracted to the blood. Somebody needs to wake up and get this in your spirit. I said the anointing, the oil is only attracted to the blood. Because there's a lot of people that want the oil, but they don't want to deal with the process of the blood. They want the oil when they're outside of the tent. They want the oil when they just get inside the camp. They don't want to get into the Holy of Holies. They don't want layers of blood. But, the, but, but, but you've got to understand that, that, the, that the oil only can put, be put on top of the blood. There's a lot of people, they want to prophesy, but don't want to deal with the blood. There's a lot of people that want to cast out demons, but they don't want to go through the process of moving from blood to blood. But you cannot have the oil until you've been under the blood. The oil will not flow in areas that are unsubmitted to the blood. If there's an area in your life that you need the power of the Holy Spirit in. First, things come first. First, you need to submit that thing to the blood. It must be covered by the blood because the oil is only applied where the blood has been. And if there's an area in your life that is unsubmitted to the blood, you will not have power in that area of your life. That's why you need to put your marriage under the blood. That's why you need to put your kids under the blood. That's why you need to put your 
job under the blood. That's why you need to put your finances under the blood because the oil cannot go on top of flesh. The oil go, only goes on top of the blood because it's the blood that defends you from the enemy, but the oil empowers you over the enemy. I said the blood will defend you from the enemy. It can't cross the bloodline. They put the blood around the doors. Why? It was Passover. Why? Because you can't come here and take my kids. You can't take the next generation. It cannot cross. It acts as a defense. But here comes the oil and it empowers you to take over the enemy. The blood says, no, you can't touch my family. But the oil comes in and says, if you don't get your hands off my family, I'm going to knock you out because there's a supernatural power inside of me. And I want to speak that over this house this morning. I want to speak this over legacy this morning. I want to speak this over your family and your house. We are not going to be just defensive, but we're going to be offensive. We're not only got the blood, but we're going to be a church that operates in the Holy Ghost. That means that we will not sit by and watch the harvest go to waste. No, no, no. But we will rise up in this hour and we will fly through the air. We will walk through our town, in the blood of the lamb and we will take back atmospheres we'll take back high schools we'll take back marriages we'll take back jobs we're going to take new buildings new land, new territory we're going to take a generation that is losing their faith in God and in the church and I declare today because the church knows how to apply the blood and we are a church that knows how to apply the oil today can I just get about 50 people with me 